Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartney, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello and welcome back to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartain. It's lovely to be back talking with you. Now, I'm sorry it's a little bit later than I planned, but we're still technically in spring um, although it's a bit later in spring, but to be fair, the weather's been so much so pants for the first three months of the year. It's still cold. It feels like spring. We haven't yet got into summer. But the reason I have been delayed and a bit late in this new spring series of the podcast is that I've been just ridiculously busy. I suppose it's tantamount to the fact that things are going quite well. I have literally been inundated with doing lots and lots of garden designs over the last few, what, two months. And before that, I was launching my video channel, which I will talk about in a little while, because I wanted to add to the podcast experience by giving you visual things. You know, I was sitting there thinking, I'm talking about garden design, which is a visual process in a podcast. So maybe I can help people design and work out how to design your garden better if I structure some videos as well. So I've been busy all over Christmas writing and planning and doing some of these videos. And I did 46. I know that's quite a lot. I was really busy. And then I've just literally had lots and lots of of design commissions to do. So this is the first opportunity I've had to record the new podcast series. And I'm really excited. But I was looking, I'm thinking, who's listening to my podcast? Which is wonderful that I know people from all over the world are listening to it. And I was on my website yesterday and I was really quite staggered as to where people are listening and where in the world people are viewing the website. In the last 90 days, my website's been seen in 106 countries. And I was having a look. I thought you might be quite interested. I did find it really funny. Somebody from Papua New Guinea spent 10 minutes on my website. Uzbekistan. I've had St. Bartholomew. I mean, where is St. Bartholomew? I think it's in the Caribbean. I've had people from Belize and Albania and Uganda. I mean, who who in Uganda is listening to me? But somebody is, so that's amazing. Singapore, Lebanon, Lesotho, where else? Guatemala, I've had people, the Maldives, Morocco, Mozambique. I mean, it's it's really gratifying to know that there are people all around the world that are reading and listening to the content that I've produced. It's really quite exciting. I'm very, very pleased. But what about this series of the Plotting Shed podcast for the spring? I'm going to do a 10-part programme series, and I'm trying to look at more of discussion points this year in the podcast, because I've got the videos now that you can go and watch, that you can 
that will explain how you can design rectangular or narrow gardens and I'll be adding more as we go through the year so that you can look at the thought process behind a particular design and then adapt it to your own garden. But more important than the physical and the practical design is actually the process that gets you to that point and the the reasoning that you will use to determine your garden design. So I thought I would make this series of podcasts very much about the thought process. What do you really need to begin to think about hard if you're going to make changes to the garden this year or if you've got a brand new garden? What are the key things that will help you set you on the right path? I'm going to talk about the difference between landscaping and garden designers. I'm going to talk about lawns and how you work out how big your lawn should be and what it's got to do for you. Looking at boundaries and privacy and hedging and garden fads, all of the things that you can put in your thought bank before you start your garden design or making changes to the garden. Oh, I'm also going to talk about reverse gardens. What are they and how can you create one? So I'm going to leave that one just floating up there. You'll have to listen in in a few weeks time. Do check out the videos on YouTube. Please, if you do like them, just subscribe because it's always just really helpful if just to know people are enjoying them, like them, share them, whatever you like. Tell me the rubbish. Tell me what you want me to do a video about. All of those sorts of things will be really helpful. And I appreciate all of the feedback that I do get from everybody, good and bad. Because if you don't like what I'm doing, tell me and I'll change it. So what about this first podcast back again? What are we going to talk about? I suppose it's it's come about because... I talk to a lot of of garden owners, a lot of people who want their gardens designing or changing. And this is a common theme that I've heard over the last couple of years from so many of my customers. And they'd say to me, it's a fear of getting things wrong. They don't want to get their garden design wrong. They're worried about messing it up. And they're worried about creating something that is is rubbish. So I want to have a little discussion about how can you get a garden design wrong? So can you get a garden design wrong? What, what about the design process makes it right and what about the design process makes it wrong? Let's just rewind a second and imagine that you're sitting, looking out across your garden and you're thinking, it's just a bit flat. It doesn't really deliver anything for you or that maybe the children have now grown up so there aren't any footballs flying around and you just want to have a garden rather than a play space. And you want to get going and you think, right, I want to do this garden. I want to make it better. So what what do most people do? Well, probably they'll get online, maybe they'll go on Pinterest, maybe they'll type into Google small garden design ideas or ideas for a long narrow garden or they'll look for 
low maintenance garden ideas or something like this and up will pop tens of thousands of pictures of amazing designs and wonderful shapes and beautifully manicured gardens and you'll scroll through all of those and you'll pin a few on your Pinterest board and you'll download some pictures into a file that you've created. For those of you that are also old school, you'll get some magazines, you'll look through the RHS, you'll dig out some garden design books, you may even go and buy a couple of garden design books. And again, you'll look through all of those pictures and go, oh, I like that, oh, that's nice, oh, I like that, I like that colour combination. Oh, look at that, that looks really cool. And that's where you start to go wrong. Because what's happening is that you're becoming seduced by an idea or a style or a look. And then what you're doing is you're copycatting to some extent, but imposing that idea and look into the space that you have as your garden. And because you've researched everything, for example, a Mediterranean garden, you know what plants you should have, you know the look and the styling that it's going to be. And all the decision-making processes that you have are based on how you can get as many of those elements or plants or styling into your space, because that will make it the Mediterranean garden or the cottage style garden or the minimalist style garden or the contemporary style garden that you have seen in the pictures. But that's where the design doesn't work because you've missed the fundamental pre-part, the pre-process to that. You've just added something in, it's been plonked into your garden and if you haven't considered your thought process first, you will find that the design imagery that you were seduced by might not meet your particular design requirements. You haven't thought through what you need your garden to do. Taking, for example, the Mediterranean garden. Now, we've all probably sat on holiday in a beautiful space in the warm, sunny country. The idea of a Mediterranean garden reinvigorates that idea of holiday, it, of relaxing, of sunshine, of warmth, of outdoor space. And so we want to recreate that in, in our garden. But it's not what that garden looked like in the Mediterranean that made you feel like you were relaxed and on holiday and in a in a different space. It wasn't just what it looked like. So if you simply superimpose that in your space, you're missing the elements that created that feeling. So you need to ask some very fundamental basic questions first. And ultimately, any good design is all about solving problems and meeting requirements. That's all it is. If you're solving problems by asking the right questions, and because you're asking questions of what you need the garden to deliver for you, it's meeting your requirements. If we can do both sides of that equation, the design of the garden will work 
for the person who is going to be using the garden, which is you. So the first question you must always ask is how much of a gardener do you want to become? How much time do you want to spend having to look after this space outside? Because if you're superimposing any other type of style on, of, of garden in an area whereby our climate isn't quite as suitable, all you're doing is increasing the require your time requirements to ensure that the garden looks the way that you think it should do in your head. So you have to understand yourself before you try and create any form of garden. How much of a gardener do I want to be? What are the areas and parts of gardening that I really, really dislike doing? What will tick me off? What will just really make me feel, oh God, I've got to go and do the garden? Because if we develop a garden where everything about the space that you have outside in order to maintain it in the way that you want is something that doesn't bring you happiness or joy and it's just a chore, it's like cleaning the toilets once a week, your garden can't deliver anything for you. And let's face it, gardens are emotional spaces. They may be physical spaces, but ultimately they are emotional spaces. They're sensory places. If the only emotion that your garden in the end begins to deliver for you is a negative one, you can never enjoy the space. And no matter what you put in the garden, it's always going to have that intense negative underlying problem that you didn't think through before you created the design. So a classic problem that people don't think for in any design is planning for debris. I recently had a customer and I ask these sorts of questions when I'm discussing with them what they need the garden to deliver. The first question I asked these clients were, what will really tick you off? What will drive you up the wall about your garden when you've got it? What is the thing that you will just go, oh, for goodness sake, I've got to do this again? And one of them went, oh, he said, you know, I'm such a tidy person. I'm a bit obsessively clean, so if, if I've got bits everywhere, that will drive me up the wall. That's a really fundamentally important design decision that you have to work around. The bits. How's he going to clean up the bits? We're not going to stop the bits falling on the garden. So it's the question of how are we going to make cleaning up the bits that fall off easy? because he will not enjoy his garden if he can't keep it clean the way he wants it to. The second question I asked was, how does that garden, how's the garden got to make you feel when you're in it? What, what's it going to deliver to you? The same client said, I want it to bring me joy. I've got to feel joy and happiness in my garden. So I know exactly what I've got to deliver. I've got to deliver a, an emotional, a positive emotional experience. 
So the layout and the design then is not determined by a particular styling. It's determined by the one fundamental factor that will make this client enjoy the garden more, which is happiness. I had another design that I did earlier this year for a garden in Ireland. Well, it wasn't a garden, it was actually a field. And when these people had originally bought the house, this, this sort of rum, uh, ramshackle cottage that they've then rebuilt and extended, the garden was really overgrown. And they cleared it because it was full of brambles and everything to see the space that they had. But the one phrase that, that struck me in having discussions with them was that she said to me, when we cleared it, it lost its magic. The garden lost its magic. So once again, is a very, very clear indication from a customer, from a person is, what has that garden now got to deliver to you? If you can lose yourself from looking at the images and beautiful gardens first, you need to look inside before you start to look outside. And that will then enable you to understand the garden's purpose for you. The styling doesn't really matter. It's what the garden's purpose is for you. Now, it may be that your purpose is that you want to just sit outside in a quiet, clean, fairly sanitized space. You don't want to have lots of plants and stuff around you. You just want to feel like you're outside, but be comfortable. In which case, the garden may have more hard landscaping, outdoor sofas, it may have parasols, it may have heaters, all of those things to give you the ability to just sit outside and be in the fresh air. Plants aren't such an importance to you. You want some things to just look a bit green, but you're not fussed about that. What you're fussed about is just not feeling like you're in a, an internal box. It may be that when you go out in the garden, you want to feel that the rest of the world isn't there. In which case you want to be immersed and surround yourself with things that take away the, the buildings and the people that may be 10, 15, 20, 30 feet away. That you just want to have that sense that you're in your own little natural space. And that will determine how you begin to design the garden. Because if you don't get that bit right, no amount of money that you spend on creating a design will work because it hasn't delivered that fundamental point for you. For me, I've got in my garden, and I have a slightly bigger garden than most, it's a little bit more overgrown because I haven't had the time to get in it this spring. But for me, I know what the garden has to deliver. And I have one or two spaces in outside when when i sit there nobody else can see me i've got the sun on my face but nobody else apart from the birds above my head can see what i'm doing and that's really important for me it gives me that mental space where i can lose the outside world and i can actually relax so when I talk about the practicalities of garden design and creating and how you would fit a, a design in a rectangular garden or a, an awkward shaped garden, don't forget there is a pre-process and that process is understanding 
yourself. Because if you don't do that, what you will end up with is a visually impressive garden, just like the ones that you see on the internet and that you might have saved in Pinterest. But it will be an emotionally bland garden for you. And that's when design goes wrong. But the caveat that I will add to that is this. If your garden delivers what you need it to deliver, if its purpose was to make you feel calm or make you feel joy or happiness, or it was make there to make you feel like the world didn't exist, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how the layout is. It doesn't matter that the garden hasn't followed a particular styling or is unconventional. Because if the design works for you, then the design is a good one. Next week, again, it's sort of just taking on from this part of which is the pre-process thought. The other very common question or common response I receive from people when I'm talking to them is that they just feel overwhelmed by all of the information out there what do I put? How do I begin to work out what I need? How do I do it? So that's next week's podcast. But do please go and have a look at my YouTube channel. You'll find it, it's at plantplots1632. But if you just go on YouTube and you type in plantplots, I should hopefully pop up and tell me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Until next week, bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.